Hey gang, it's your friendly fellow fat fighter Beefcake here from the Randomosity Health Podcast. I am here to let you know about our sponsors, Compound Health and Fitness. Compound Health and Fitness uh, are wonderful, wonderful people who have been helping me with this personal weight loss journey, and they can help you too. If you go to compoundhealthandfitness.com, you can inquire information about their services. They offer classes. They offer personal training, one-on-one sessions. They even offer a wonderful wedding package. So if you're looking to get in shape for that special day, they have something for you there too. You can find them on Facebook under Compound Health and Fitness or at their website, compoundhealthandfitness.com. And this is for everyone, whether you're looking to lose weight, improve your health, or just obtain a happier, healthier lifestyle. And if you let them know that you're a Randomosity Health listener, you're going to receive a complimentary health and fitness consultation. So contact them today at compoundhealthandfitness.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome to yet another Randomosity Health Podcast, right here on the Randomosity Podcast Network, the first Randomosity Health Podcast of many for 2016. Randomosity Health, the podcast designed specifically to inspire, educate, and motivate you in your health and fitness goals. I, of course, am your host, Frank Beefcake Monroe, and with me, as always, the lovely Dr. Alicia Johnson, N.D. This is Dr. Alicia Johnson, and how have things been going for you, Frank? Uh, things have been kind of crazy, actually, Alicia. I've been traveling a lot. Um, the month of December is always a busy, busy time, and uh, I think I was actually home like four days out of the entire month. Like, wow. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. Traveling. It's It's nice to be home and to not have anywhere to go at the moment, so yeah, that's yeah. good. Um, it did, it did have a little bit of an effect on me as far as the whole weight loss thing goes and everything. Um, being on the road consistently and not having all of the choices that you do when you're preparing your own meals, mm-hmm. um, it kind of, it kind of has a, a, a toll on you. Cause like when I, when I got back from my vacation in the Dominican Republic, um, when I was there, I had plenty of food. I had uh, a gym that I could go work out at, uh, every day. I worked out four out of my, you know, seven days that I was there. I came back, I was two pounds down for the week. So that was good. It was, it was a little bit lower than average, but it was still on pace. And so, but then immediately following that, as soon as I got back, we had, you know, three other trips. And by the time I was done with all of those, I had gained 10 pounds. And that, of course, for someone like me is is a big setback and, and very scary. And now I've sort of hit this wall where like I'm, I'm fluctuating back and forth between like 330 pounds and 340 pounds, uh, which when I came back, uh, like I said, from the Dominican Republic and I was down to 229, which was awesome because it was the first time I'd been below 230, which was my goal at the time. And so it's uh, I've kind of hit that wall and I, I'm not really sure where to go from here, you know, because I'm, I'm still working out consistently. Uh, everything as far as my physical fitness is still the same uh, and my diet is getting back on track. But 
I'm not showing the results that I was showing before. Okay. So I want to go ahead and <clears throat> identify a couple of things that you haven't overtly said, okay. but I can see and hear that you're, you're thinking this, mm -hmm. is I may go back to where I started. I may never make any progress from here. This roadblock may be the end of this journey for me. Those are the fears, right? That's what makes it really scary. That, that does actually make it really scary. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not... I'm not the kind of person to get detoured to the point where I'm willing to quit. Yeah. But you do have that like fear in the, and like in the back of your head, you know, that little voice is just like, oh, here we go again. Another failed attempt. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of hard to, to overcome, you know. And so that's why like today I really wanted to focus on that hitting the wall and, and busting through if you can, because you hear about it with other people. I mean, any sort of physical activity or, or health or fitness. I mean, even people who uh, run marathons, they always talk about hitting the wall and you hit the wall and you can give up there or you can bust through it and then everything's fine yeah I need help busting through it we, yeah. we got to get through this wall we have to yeah we have to because it's it's something that that is going to come up along the way and I think that it's really important to go ahead and face those fears head-on and say I'm scared that it's not gonna get any better from here mm -hmm. and then acknowledge that and then go ahead and move on so I think the first thing to kind of stop and think about is how much progress you've made so far and how successful you've been and how hard it is for you to go and travel like that. And, and that's difficult for anyone. Yeah. And the one thing that I remind people when they're struggling like this is think about watching a toddler learn to walk. Okay. So you see the toddler learning to walk, right? Toddling, if you will. Toddling. Yes. So, so they try to take their first step. They mm -hmm. stand up. They're wobbling back and forth. They put their little foot forward and they fall down the first time. And you say, you fail. You're never going to be able to walk. Yes. Right. That's, that's the way you should you raise do. all children, yes. I believe. <laughs> so, and then they try again and you say, stop trying. It's Learn work. this. This is life. You're going to fail over and over and over <laughs> yes, again. Yes. This yeah. is how you parent, right? <laughs> so, no, you, you know, deep down, you know they're going to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So you say and you believe it. I know you can do this. Mm -hmm. And... If you are doing the thing with yourself where you fall down the first time you have, this is your biggest fall, right? So your biggest fall, you look at yourself and say, you're never going to do this. You can't. Yeah. It's, it's not going to work like that. And if you remember how you're talking to yourself and talk to yourself the way you would talk to someone else and tell yourself, okay, just got to get back up and try again. So usually what I try to do when this kind of thing happens, and of course it happens to everyone, is find that plateau buster that will inspire you again because you've made so much progress. And this is a small backslide that, that once we hit a plateau buster, then you're going to be back on track until it happens again. But the next time it happens, you're going to be more familiar with it and say, okay, I did it last time and I can do this again. Mm -hmm. So what I think right now is first we identify any problems that you're having right now as far as like food, exercise, or do you feel like you're doing everything perfectly right now? No, no. I, well, I'm, I am now, but uh, over the past few weeks, I, I have noticed like what's happened and like what I've been doing. Um, I actually, because I was in a lot of places where because it was the holidays and stuff like that, like 
there was sugar everywhere, literally sugar yeah. everywhere. And um, there was like not a lot of healthy choices for food. Um, and so I, I tried for a while. I tried to do the best that I could with what I had, but there wasn't enough to sustain me. Mm-hmm. You know, like of the healthy choices, there was not enough to eat, you know, right, and, and, right. and feel, you know. So I, I for the first time since gosh, since since that experiment in October, mm-hmm. uh, I'd had sugar and then I noticed I, I didn't notice at the moment, but I noticed like a week later, like looking back that sugar, it, it had an effect on me and it not only with the weight, but um, it all of a sudden I was eating everything. Mm-hmm. And I once again, I had the, the stress eating that I used to have uh, came back immediately. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I was like I was not full no matter how much I ate. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that I overate and I. Um, I mean, I'm not proud of it, but I'm also not going to lie about it. You know, yeah. that's that's why we have this show is so I can show, you know, our listeners. Everybody goes through this. Yeah. You know, it's not just them. And doing so, just realizing the effect that having sugar in my life once again had on me. Uh, I started doing uh, a lot of research on sugar. I mean, I know we've talked about it in the past, but um, so I, I watched um, I watched a few documentaries. I started researching online. Oh by, yeah, you said. By me. the way, yeah, yeah. What was the one that you recommended? I haven't had time the, to the watch film it. that everybody should watch out there is called it's called That Sugar Film or okay. Movie. It's one of the two. I I have it on my Kindle. Let me let me, uh, let me see if I can pull up the name here just so I make sure I get it right. Um, but the thing is that sugar film. Yes, it's actually it's an Australian documentary. Um, it's have you seen the movie Super Size Me? Yes. You remember where he ate McDonald's for 30 days? Yes. Um, it's kind of that same premise, except it's a guy who has absolutely no sugar in his life and then decides to eat sugar. He eats the average amount of sugar, which I think is like 40 grams um, a day. And for the average person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he does that and you get to watch his uh, his physique change, his attitude, his mood swings, like mm-hmm. all this stuff and see the effects that it has on him. And it's it's a total like just game changer. Like you see it, you see the you actually get to physically see the effects that it has on people. Yeah. And you realize that sugar is a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. Um, and I actually through my other research, like I found out um, there have been studies done. Sugar is actually 10 times more addictive than cocaine. Yeah. Um, it's it's a, it's it's amazing. And and in today's day and age where sugar is literally in everything that you eat, you know, like 80 percent of the grocery store has sugar in it. Yeah. Uh, I've been looking at uh, things in my own pantry and looking to see how much sugar there are in things. I mean, even crackers have sugar in them, yeah. you know, like everything, literally everything has sugar. And I was uh, I was blown away by this, you know, and I started actually anything that had, you know, uh, a large amount of sugar in it. I've been just throwing straight in the trash mm-hmm. and trying to get it out of my system and out of my house. But the thing is, like, it's one of those things, like, I thought about it before when I when I originally cut it out, and I was like, you know, I'm not adding sugar to anything, but then when you realize that there's still a lot of sugar in almost everything that you get, yeah, it's crazy. It's really, really crazy. Yeah. And then when you find out, you know, when you think about, because we've talked about sugar on shows in the past, about how it affects, you know, with your insulin levels and, and what that does to your body and how mm-hmm. it's, it puts it in storage mode, and then, you know, you start gaining fat from that. Um, it's, it's a vicious cycle because not only does it do that, but it also, um, affects your receptors in your brain, you know, your pleasure receptors, which tell you that you need more sugar. And then that makes you put on more weight, which tells you you need more sugar, which, you know, it's, it's a snowball effect. Yeah. And the sad thing is it's, it's very hard to escape from in today's day and age. It's very difficult. 
But I think once people, like, especially if they watch this film, it'll tell them everything they need to know as far as that goes. But I hope people do their own research, too. Yeah. Like, don't just count on somebody else's research. You should always look into it for yourself. Yeah. But it's it's insane. Any way you look at it, anyone's research you look at, it is so hard on our bodies. Oh, and yeah. If you aren't sure, then if you try going without it, you'll see. And and I would say of all of the things that I do in my practice, and I work with all kinds of, you know, complicated conditions, the most, the biggest thing that I do with people is the 10-week um, GI reset where we change the gut microbes mm-hmm. by changing the diet and adding probiotics. And of all of the things that I do with people, if you did one thing, it would be that, which is taking out sugar, taking out flour, taking out all the simple carbohydrates and adding probiotics so that you have a normal normal gut microbiome. You have normal gut bacteria. But by taking out the sugar at the same time, it ends up having such a dramatic impact on people's health that you really can't believe it until you do it. You just can't wrap your mind around how much it would affect you until you do it. Yeah. And I, I think I think even just if you look at my my case specifically, because we we stopped the sugar right before we started the exercise and the new diet and everything. And then we didn't. I mean, I had no problem with it until now, you know. I lost, you know, 60 pounds up until then. And then since I had sugar for that week that I had sugar, uh, I put on 10, Yeah, you know, and now I'm having so much trouble getting this 10 off. Yeah, because you what you've been doing all this time is healing your metabolism Mm -hmm. and you've been healing those glucose receptors and you've been healing that insulin balance system. And it takes a long time to heal that system. So I was thinking the other day that it's been... It just occurred to me, it's been half my life now that mm-hmm. I've been studying the endocrine system every day. Yeah. Half my life. And almost half my life since I stopped eating gluten and processed food and started eating regular food. Now, does that mean I've never had any of that stuff since then? Absolutely not. It just means that for the most part, I've eaten a pretty clean diet for nearly half my life now. And that glucose balancing system, I think, still gets better every year. So it's it's a slow process of that system fixing itself. And and when it does fix itself, you can tolerate those kinds of things more and more. Mm -hmm. But the more especially in the early stages of trying to fix insulin resistance, the more sugar you have, the more you just take a million steps back. And then the first thing that you do is just get back on the horse, Mm -hmm. start again, take the sugar and the simple carbohydrates out and get it going again. Because you can, you can toggle back and forth between this storage mode and burning mode, Mm -hmm. but you want to be in burning mode as much as possible. Yeah. So your body does completely have the ability, if you cut it out completely and you do something really strict for a bit, your body has the ability to say, okay, I am no longer in this high-calorie situation. I'm immediately going to go out of storage mode and back into burning calorie mode. Mm -hmm. So we're built to be able to do that, and we can do it. It doesn't have to take a long time. It just means that the, the longer you do this, the less of a disaster It'll be if you have sugar a few times in the early stages, you're just going to feel it. All of that stuff come back like a freight train. Yeah. And it it was really tough, too, because when I when I realized what I had done, you know, after afterward, when I was thinking about it, like it actually um, because I haven't had a huge problem with uh, with depression or anything like that, which I used to have chronically, like I constantly I was depressed. 
And uh, I'd have days where like I, I didn't even want to see people because yeah. that's how bad I felt. And uh, I immediately like slumped back into that depression. I was like, I let myself down. You know, I let everybody who's been rooting for me down, you know, and I, I started having those those thoughts again. And it was it was not a happy place. And it was just it was terrible. And then I started noticing like once I started working out again, like after I got done traveling, um, the effects that it's had on my body too because uh before vacation and before all all these uh trips that i had to go on um i had gotten to a place physically where i was doing way better like my respiratory system was amazing my my metabolism was going great you know i had i had energy for days and then coming back and getting back into it like all of a sudden like my muscles are starting to be sore after mm -hmm. workouts uh we had a workout on friday that wasn't by by standards wasn't a difficult workout for me at all like it's you know an average at best mm -hmm. and the next three days even today i'm still feeling it I, yeah. I haven't been able to use my legs to go up and down stairs or anything like that because they've hurt so bad yeah and i i think that that's still fallout from that relapse that I had yeah and it's it's one of those things like I, I could go on about it for hours and I realize I keep saying the same things here but it's it's very important I think for anybody out there and the research that I've been doing has just been cementing that fact that sugar is is a just a terrible terrible thing that we do to ourselves yeah and you've talked about in the past like how people in that come into your practice and stuff uh you know they'll get off of it and then they'll go back to it and it causes them physical pain and you know they just want to be sick again they just want to you know not have gotten mm -hmm. healthy in the first place but that's the thing is is you will never truly be healthy or have a, that sort of control over your body that you should have if you keep pumping these chemicals into it, which, which yeah. that's kind of what sugar is. It's just, you know, it's, it's a drug if you will. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know, like I've learned a lot from this experience, but at the same time, like I just, I, I'm still mad at myself for letting me go myself go through it. Yeah. And, uh, but I think that's going to work as motivation in the future to not fall back into that. Every time you backslide at all, it will help you later. Yeah. It just, you realize how hard it is and how you don't want to go back to that place. And every time it happens, it's just going to be more and more helpful for you in the future. So, I mean, you would be probably the first person I've ever worked with if you didn't kind of experiment with the backslide a little bit. And well, if I try this, you know, once a week or yeah. on this occasion, it everybody goes through that where they they just have to find that balance of what's worth it and what's not. And even this year I <clears throat> I had this experience that this was my first this was my first time going an entire year without the sugar. Mm -hmm. And so that was the longest period of time that I've ever gone and um what what really struck me this year was the alcohol piece because mm -hmm. I'm not a heavy drinker. I drink socially. And so when I'm drinking socially, but you're very just... sociable. No, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> and, and I don't have a very exciting life most of the time. You know, I have three kids and I work. And so I'm not out socially that hey, I've much. seen your kids. They like to party. They okay? do like to party. They like to dance. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so around the holidays, obviously there are a lot more, social events where there's alcohol mm -hmm. and so it's just more frequent that I might have a couple glasses of wine like maybe several times a week which is mm -hmm. way more than normal for me and so then what I tell people who are trying to cut out the sugar or try to rebalance their gut microbiome is no more than two drinks a week if you're really serious about it don't yeah. have more than two drinks a week and never more than two at a time which I mean I've had more than two at a time I don't like 
I know that if I have two and a half, just like anyone else, that's like the magic cutoff where you're going to start to see the glucose stuff mm -hmm. and you're going to start to see the gut stuff change. And so this was the first year that I went almost a full year without sugar. And I actually got to the point where I forgot what it was like to wake up in pain. Cause you know, I have this mm -hmm. genetic arthritis thing that I control with my diet and um, I spent probably most of the month of December taking an hour to get out of bed because I woke up in so much pain yeah. and it wasn't severe pain. It was just frustrating and disappointing. Gotcha. And then at the beginning of January, so every January I always do 10 weeks, no sugar, no alcohol, no caffeine. Mm -hmm. And I've had coffee every day so far. <laughs> so so <laughs> the caffeine part isn't going that well, but um, no alcohol mm -hmm. and back and, and I didn't go back on sugar. So just cutting out alcohol and I'm not a heavy drinker, yeah. but just cutting that part out. I woke up the last few days and I didn't hurt and I just got out of bed. Well, that's good. And it, it's, it was such a big reminder to me. And the reason I bring this up is because for me, it was just a little bit more alcohol than normal. And for, for other people, it's not alcohol, it's pasta or bread or crackers or fruit or really anything that's that's bringing your sugar levels up higher than normal. Mm -hmm. So I just really want that to be a reminder that you can be, bless you, Thank you, you can be perfect with sugar and still have other things that you're overdoing. I very often talk to people who have conditions that are clearly related to their glucose intake. Yeah. And they'll say, well, I don't I don't eat any sweets. I don't need any sugar. But if you are not eating any sugar and you're still having several glasses of wine a, a week or you're still having lots of bread or pasta or whatever in your bloodstream, it's all the same. So, yes, the sweets are way more intense for your blood sugar to manage. Mm -hmm. But if you're overdoing any of those things, you are going to start feeling it. Yeah. And and that's that's a great point. And one of the really big things that I noticed, too, especially with being over the holidays and being, you know, I did go to several uh, parties that people were throwing, you know, like for friends and, you know, dinner parties and stuff. And I hadn't realized before in the past how much peer pressure there truly is yeah. uh, for everyone to be, you know, to, to have a drink and to be merry and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I went with the intention of, you know, not drinking uh, as much as possible. And I'd be like, maybe I'll have a drink with dinner or something, you know. And then all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, here, try this. And here I made this for you. And here and then. And after a while, like being a social person, like you said, you know, it's very easy to have more than what you plan on drinking. And and then that just sort of snowballs in with all the rest of the sugar and, and stuff like that. Um, because let's admit it, anybody out there who's ever had a few drinks knows it makes you want to eat. And yeah, then yeah. that makes you, you know, uh, want to eat things that aren't good for you mm -hmm. because that helps with the alcohol. And then that makes you want to have more alcohol. And it's it's just kind of a, a weird, bad thing. But you made a really good point about um, when you get out of bed in the morning and, and not wanting to feel sore or, you know, uh, and that actually reminded me of something because I've been doing lots of independent research and stuff. And I started reading a book because, you know, with my sleep problems, um, I found this book and I've been reading it. It's called Sleep Smarter. Mm -hmm. uh, it's 21 Proven Tips to Sleep your way to a better body, better health, and bigger success mm -hmm. uh, by Sean Stevenson. And one of the big things I've taken from this book so far is that fact of getting up in the morning. 
um, because it talks about how a lot of people set their alarm and then when they want to get up in the morning, they, they hit the snooze button and they might hit it five or six or seven times. And what that really does is it sets pace for your day of, you know, it, it's not that important. Yeah. You know, um, and you have to make it a priority. And I think that sort of ties in with this is making priorities. You know, yeah. if you start your day by hitting the snooze button or you start your diet or your workout problem uh, program uh, by hitting the proverbial snooze button, you know, like, oh, I can still eat this because I'm working out now. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, it doesn't matter if I have a cheat day, you know, because I'm, I'm doing this new thing, this new diet. Um I feel like that tells you subconsciously that it's not that serious to you. You know, it's not that big of a priority. And that's why I feel um, I feel that this is a very important topic to talk about for that for that simple reason. Mm -hmm. And that was something, like I said, that just stuck with me. And I, I feel like it's very important. Like I've been trying since I read that, I've been trying to not use my snooze button at all. Yeah. Um, I actually I do this weird thing where anytime I set an alarm, I actually wake up probably about 10 minutes early mm -hmm. and uh, I used to just lay there and wait for the alarm you mm -hmm. know I'm like no it's not time to get up yet I don't yeah. have to do this now I'm doing if, if I'm awake and you know it's like 10 minutes till the alarm I just go ahead and get up yeah. I start I use that extra 10 minutes you know um, and so it's it's one of those things I feel like that's a very important thing that people also need to realize and do with their their health or their workout program or their diet um, don't hit the snooze button. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. The author in A Miracle Morning, mm -hmm. which is one of the books that I really like to recommend. Hal Elrod. Yes. yes. He talks about that as well. And um, I actually, I was just talking to my nine-year-old about that this morning, about yeah. getting up when you wake up, because he's getting old enough now that he snoozes and doesn't want to go to school. So we made a deal this morning because mm -hmm. I, I used to always get up at 5.30 and since I was hurting every morning, I stopped. Yeah. And and so I'm ready to start again because what I like to do is get up and get some stuff done in the morning before anyone else is up. Yeah. And so my nine-year-old and I talked about if he gets up when he's supposed to get up and I get up when I would like to get up and we both are done with everything by breakfast time at 7.30. So we both accomplish our goals to be done at this time. If we do it for a week, I said, what What should we do for ourselves if we do it for a week? And he said, well, we can't make it too big because really it would be better if we could do it for two weeks. And I said, you know what, that's that's true. It takes 21 days to take a habit, to mm -hmm. change a habit. Let's go ahead and make it three. And he said, okay. And I said, okay, in three weeks, what should we do if we've both done it every day? And we both will because yeah. we're going to be competing with one another and we'll, <laughs> we'll get it done. And so we decided that we would go out on this little date together. Like we'll go out to eat together and do something special after 21 days. And so for me, when I wake up tomorrow, instead of being like, oh, I don't know if I want to. I'm not used to getting up this early anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm going to wake up and think, OK, he's doing it. I got to do this, too. Yeah. And so. I'm not going to let him down and not have our pizza date. Well, and also you can't lose to a nine-year-old. I, mean, I can't lose to a nine-year-old. <laughs> and so it's like, so <coughs> since neither of us eat any gluten, there's like one place where we can go and we can have a little pizza made. That's something that we can eat and we never do it. So yeah. it's a really big deal. So he's really excited. That's awesome. So I think that when you do things like that, when you not just make a plan like that to stop hitting snooze, but you have a buddy too yeah. that you can say, okay, I'm up. Whether it's like somebody in person or whether it's 
over text or email to just say, okay, I'm up. Are you up? Well, and that's that's actually something the the book you brought up the um, the the more the miracle morning. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, that's one of the things that the author Hal Elrod talks about is having an accountability partner. Yeah, and uh, I I agree 100. That's a big thing. It's it's like uh, I talked about early on uh, in the po- in the health podcast about how in the past you know I wanted to work out and I wanted to go to the gym, but I had nobody to go with and I was scared to go by myself. You yeah. know, if you have that accountability partner, it makes it so much easier because yeah. if you have someone else counting on you, you're not going to let them down. Right. You know? And so I, I think that's awesome. I wish I had a nine year old to do that with. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I would be up out of bed every morning. Well, I think it's great whenever you talk to somebody and you hear someone saying, I'd really like to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do this people with this, this with people fairly often. I'll say it. Um, you know what? I'm also trying to get this done. Can we do it together? Can we make yeah. a deal where we both do it for this amount of time? And that 21 day thing is real. If mm-hmm. you stop hitting snooze for 21 days, you're going to be over it after that amount of time. It's really just a habit. And I totally agree that that changes the way you start your day. It's true. I tried being ruggedly handsome for 21 days and it just stuck. It just you know, stuck. it's still here. It's, you know, I still look like away. this. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's it's an absolute uh, very important thing that um, anybody can do. And yeah. It's easy. And if you feel like honestly, if you're out there, if you're a listener of Randomosity Health and you feel like you need an accountability partner, don't hesitate. Get a get a hold of me. Email me here at the studio. Uh, randomosityhealth at Gmail dot com. Email me. Tell me what it is you're wanting to do. If you need an accountability partner, I'll be your accountability partner. I, I need them myself, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm willing to go out there and do that for, for anybody who needs it. Because yeah. that's that's all you need. You just need one person to help you out and you can achieve anything. One thing that we did when now I have my own practice, but when I was with a larger group of people, we had a whiteboard. And mm-hmm. so um, I've been doing this for a long time where every January I make this 10 week commitment to make make some changes and um so i had everybody who wanted to join in write their name on a whiteboard so it was the whiteboard in the kitchen right where everyone kept the snacks Mm -hmm. and so um the rule was that if you broke your plan so even if your plan was a little bit different from my plan if you Mm -hmm. broke your plan you have to erase your name and so it was kind of fun to do that and no, okay, well, if I do this today, I'm going to have to walk in there and erase my name off the board. And, you know, I kind of have these other people counting on me yeah. to follow this thing, which I, you know, I'm committed to doing myself. So that made it a lot easier for me to stick with. And I think it was fun for people, too, to say, oh, well, my my name's still up there. And, and some people lasted a really long time. That's a really easy thing to do in an office setting. Mm-hmm. So if if anyone out there has... A setting like that where you can find a couple of other people and do something like that. That visual aid is great. Absolutely. And it it breeds, it it makes competition. And it's that old adage of competition breeds winners. Yeah. It's true. And you don't even have to have a prize. Just the fact that you can say, I'm still doing this and I've beat these people Mm -hmm. will drive people to do almost anything. Yeah. And so I think that's a genius idea. And I can't even remember who the last two names were at the last time we did it. But all I remember is that. As soon as one person went, the other person went like the same day. It was just about at that point, it was just about winning. You know, I'm just going to make it one day longer than this. guy. (laughs) Exactly. Like one hour longer than this. person. So I think that that can be really helpful. And as far as like your what your jumpstart looks like. Mm -hmm. So for me, my jumpstart is the no sugar, alcohol, caffeine, because those are the best ways to reset your 
um, gut microbiome, mm -hmm. which I'm really big on people with immune system problems or people with mood problems mm -hmm. or people with fatigue. Wait, why did you point at me? Well, because you, you said Are you trying to say I'm moody? <laughs> no. I'm going to cry now. You you this is that, terrible. You said that your mood had slid back <laughs> a little bit. So people with really anything, um, people with cravings, all kinds of different things, people with sinus problems, mm -hmm. um, anything that's affected by that gut microbiome, which is lots and lots of things, the best way to reset it is is no sugar, no alcohol, no caffeine. And the caveat with the alcohol is you can have – you can have a half a glass of wine a day or two glasses at a time or, or ser servings of alcohol. No beer, but liquor or wine would be fine. Um, and sticking to that is what I think is a great reset. Now, for some people, 10 weeks feels like a really, really long time. Mm -hmm. So then another really good jump start is the 21 day sugar detox. Mm -hmm. There is a book called the 21 day sugar detox and it's actually an awesome book with tons of pictures and recipes. And literally when I flipped through it and she has the basics on how to do it mm -hmm. and all the frequently asked questions, I've been doing stuff like that with people for a really long time. So when I read her frequently asked questions, I was like, wow, she thought of literally every frequently asked question yeah. and because of that i think it's such a great book because everything that you could think of to ask is in there and so i love that book i love the recipes and ideas for me a 21 day sugar detox would probably just look more like chicken and vegetables and avocados and olives and stuff like that yeah. but um some people still <coughs> want to have the the muffin or the dessert or the snack type mm -hmm. of thing that feels more like their regular diet. So she has tons of recipes in there for that kind of stuff that's on the program. The more you eat that stuff, probably the less you're going to have an amazing dramatic result. But even with those things, you can still make really good progress. Yeah. So there's the 10-week, the 21-day sugar detox, which I really like. And then I do a 10 day jump start with people. Okay. So really any anything along those lines where you're just starting to make a change, I think is going to help you get past this plateau. Gotcha. And so as far as like your commitment to making a more dramatic change for 10 days, a slightly less extreme change for 21 days or a change for 10 weeks, if you kind of tell me what sounds best to you, I can help you out. With picking one. Well, I mean, I've got to this point where the the wall that I've hit now, you know, I've, I've identified the problem and I've started trying to fix it. But I mean, even even prior to that, we had sort of started to plateau as far as loss because I had been losing, you know, like yeah. five, five pounds a week. And then I, I got down to three pounds and then two pounds. And then, you know, now I've hit this wall. Um, so I feel like even before the relapse, like I was starting to make a gradual slowdown, yeah. uh, even though, you know, everything was working and everything was going the right way. So I feel like the, my, my gut tells me I need to do something drastic to sort of supercharge and, and get back to, to where I was. Yeah. But then at the same time, you know, I want it to be sustainable. Yes. So it's, it's one of those things like which, which in your professional opinion do you think would be better? So typically what I would what I would suggest for you is number one that today we go ahead and do a thyroid test and just see if that's a, a component. Okay. And then after that we we look at the twenty one day thing. Okay. Because 
it's slightly less extreme than the 10 day and and it's long enough for the new habit thing just to get past the the sugar and the indulgences from the holidays and then by the time you get through that 21 days then we go back to okay what's our what's our new sustainable plan and it'll look different from the 21 day plan and it'll look different from what we were doing before okay. because usually you need to to continually switch it up you'll get to the point where after a while, these little changes that that I suggest that you make will just be variations of each other so that you're you're constantly switching it up for your metabolism. But the foods don't get more exciting. It's gotcha. still whole foods. No, no more no. exciting foods? <laughs> it, doesn't, oh. it doesn't get more exciting. Um, I was hoping we start eating like banana slugs or something. You know? <laughs> Extreme. <laughs> so... Yeah, usually, usually for a situation like this, I would say the 21 day sugar okay. detox and a thyroid test and just see because that was one of the things that we didn't do at the beginning. That's we, true. We looked at a couple of other things first. Mm-hmm. And so I think doing the thyroid test it would be indicated, now. which I wasn't sure. I wanted to talk to you about this as well. Um, but prior to all of these trips and, and the traveling I did in December, um, I actually ran out because you had had me on the maca supplements for my mm-hmm. testosterone, uh, as well as the niacin. And I ran out of both of those right before I left for all these trips. And okay. unfortunately, that's not something that you can just pick up anywhere. Yeah. And uh, so I, I've been off of those now for over a month. Okay. And I'm not sure if that maybe has been contributing as well. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure that it, it probably has been yeah. because I mean, that was when things really kicked up was when I started getting my hormones in line. Yeah. Um, so just want to throw that out there being completely, you know, transparent about everything. So that, that was, that was another part of, uh, the whole thing that I feel like fell off because yeah. of that. Yeah. And so I'm not sure if we need to get back on those or if you want to do the thyroid thing first or. I mean, I would think that both are really important. OK. And really, it's probably more reliable to look at your thyroid, in my opinion, mm-hmm. if we're if we're separating things out. It's more reliable to look at your thyroid when your testosterone is good. Yeah. So because your thyroid isn't going to look as good as it could Unless your your testosterone is where it could be. So if you're if one of your goals is to not have to take an unnecessary medication, Mm -hmm. your thyroid is going to be in a in a different place when your testosterone is good. Gotcha. So it may not be a huge difference, but we may be able to wait a little bit longer and try to get your testosterone level back up. Okay. So just kind of as a reminder, we used (coughs) we use one of my favorite products, which is called Revolution Pro, but the active Mm -hmm. ingredient is maca and you can get that at health food stores anywhere so for men i think it's relatively reasonable to try maca you know if you think your testosterone might be a little bit low for women you really for women maca brings up estrogen more Mm -hmm. and if you're under 50 you don't know if you need more estrogen i don't think that it's a it's a good starting point unless you've had a blood test yeah but for men i mean a lot of a lot of men aren't as high as they could be so because maca promotes isn't it dhea is that what it's called maca um increase helps promote fsh which Uh, in men stimulates your testosterone and in women stimulates your estrogen gotcha so safe and and so the problem with a woman stimulating estrogen, if she doesn't need more, is she's going to get really moody mm-hmm. and probably gain weight if she doesn't need more estrogen. So you you need to be careful with that. But men, you guys are a little bit more straightforward, 
more testosterone. Yep, men, straight to the point. <laughs> Women get all emotional about it. <laughs> Typical. For you guys, there's <laughs> there's a bigger window where you feel fine. Gotcha. Um, awesome. So what what where do we go from here? What what do you want to do with or to me or you know like what what where are we going? So I would like to do the twenty one day sugar detox. Okay. And w- you we should add the maca back in. Okay. And then we should we should plan to do the thyroid test at the end of the 21 days okay and then um at that time when we get to the 21 days we'll make we'll set a new plan for here's what we're going to do with food so again it'll be similar to what you're doing now but it will switch it up a little bit makes sense fair enough so the 21 day sugar detox again i do recommend the book i'm sure there's a digital version if you want to look at it right now tons of pdfs and things shared online but but I think the, the so, whole book is valuable. So should we just use that program or do you have a specific uh, 21 day for me or? I think that her program's great and I think you can find, she has all kinds of helpful spreadsheets and FAQs, but the, the main idea is um, no flour, mm-hmm. no sugar, minimal fruit. So you can have, in her plan, you can have a green banana or a grapefruit, I think, or a green apple. I think you can have one of those a day. So it's really, really restricted on fruit as well. So very, very low carbohydrate. And you are allowed to have sweet potatoes if you're exercising a lot. I would say for you, because as you know, I do encourage you to have like beans or sweet potatoes with your breakfast. Mm-hmm. I do think that you should do that in the morning and and then you stick with it for 21 days. And for you at the end of the 21 days, we will be adding carbohydrates back in. It's substantial okay. increase in the carbohydrates. So will we so then will I, I cut carbs? during this 21 days then? During the 21 days. Okay, because so, that was that was a big part of my current diet was the like the carbs in the morning and, right. and things like that so right so this the 21 day sugar detox is a really good way to reset the thing with type a's is that you guys do need a little bit more carbohydrate than some mm-hmm. so if you need to do an extra portion of of beans maybe breakfast and lunch that's mm-hmm. okay i'm okay. not worried about a little bit of beans with breakfast lunch and even dinner if you're exercising that day mm-hmm. the idea is for you is not to cut out carbs completely it's to cut out simple carbs completely gotcha so we could say for you we could do a little bit of complex carbs if you need them and if you're fine without them that's fine the long term plan for you is not low carb but the short term plan is completely hit the reset button with your taste for carbs, with your brain's craving for carbs, with your gut microbes mm-hmm. craving for carbs. And that doesn't take that long. And then we can get back to it. Okay. And this is uh, the 21 Day Sugar Detox by Diane Sanfilippo? Yes. Filippo? I think. Something I like that? Yeah. Yep. That's that the it. one? Okay. So that one's great. Again, just great ideas in there. And she has like pumpkin muffin recipes which which are going to be more interesting than the ones i make (laughs) her stuff tastes really good i don't know i made the ones she made and they were pretty good so she's 
she helps with people who really want their food to be flavorful and interesting, okay. all kinds of dressings and sauces and that kind of stuff. So I think I think that book would be really helpful for you since you okay. like to cook. And they do have a companion to it that's actually just a cookbook as well that I oh, found yeah. here. Yeah. So if you really like cookbooks, then then some people do like the cookbook. There are so many recipes in the original book that you don't need the additional cookbook. OK. But I like it. Fair enough. Well, I will definitely check that out. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get that started. So we'll do the 21 day sugar detox. Okay. I the the weight loss program that I help teach. We use the 21 day sugar detox at the beginning for everyone. OK, so so oftentimes I'll go through that with everyone. Um, and and when I do, I usually will add a little bit of extra sweet potato or something mm-hmm. if I feel like I'm crashing, not getting enough carbohydrates. Because the point is not to not be able to function. Gotcha. It's to cut as much out as you can. <laughs> yeah, there's no point in cutting it if you're just going to lay there. You know? Well, yeah. a lot of people do. A lot of people yeah. do get that tired. And I, I don't think that's necessary to, yeah. to go that extreme. Okay. Uh, so do you have supplemental materials and things like that that uh, you'll be able to give me to help with this? Or should I just read the book and do that? I would just it's actually a really easy, fast read. I would just look at the book. It's only 240 pages. <laughs> really so easy and fast. The A lot of it is like um, diagrams and recipes and stuff like that. So it okay. actually doesn't take that long to look through it at all. Gotcha. All right. Well, we will uh, we'll definitely get on that. Then. OK, yeah, let's do that. And then we'll just plan. We'll plan to start new at the end of that gotcha oh i wanted to tell you uh this is totally off topic but that's how i roll so um i actually i received an email from a listener um a little while ago um and she was uh, super excited she listened to our last uh podcast before the before christmas break and all that um it was number nine it was the one where we talked about influential people in our life uh-huh. and the, the effect they can have on our diet and exercise programs yeah and she said that it absolutely was was exactly what she needed to hear and it was perfect and it helped her out and it was wonderful it was a, a girl named Hillary in Tennessee mm-hmm. um, but it was just it was amazing and it made me feel really really good because we are helping people good and, and that I wanted to share that with you just for the simple fact that it made me happy and made me yeah. realize what we're doing is working and so yeah sorry once again my brain it just works that's, like that yeah that's great and you know it's funny for me because every once in a while people will tell me they'll email me or text me or mm-hmm whatever and they'll say hey um i i've decided to do the no sugar thing for x amount of time and this this was the outcome and and for me i totally did this this kind of experiment for myself yeah and and i don't think about it but then people kind of turn to me as this like no sugar person and they tell me their stories admit alicia you're a guru <laughs> your guru is what you are it's it's really neat to hear people tell me about what they've done and the changes that they've made and to think like that that my sharing a little bit of my success has helped at mm. least somebody also experience some success with their health and some improvement with their health it's really neat it's really we like hearing that kind of stuff yeah and it was it was just it was amazing because uh, especially for me because at that time, that's when I was going through this relapse and I was feeling like at my worst, you know, I felt like I'd given up on myself. I'd felt like I'd done horrible, bad things. And to read that and know that that something I said or something that we did uh, actually helped somebody through a difficult time as well. 
um, it almost re-motivated me. It yeah. was like, you know what? I, even if not for myself, I have to keep doing this for other people. Yeah. And, and I was still doing it for myself. Don't, don't get me wrong. But, um, if, if I had gotten to the point where I was like, you know what? I just give up on myself. I can't do this anymore. Like that at least motivated me to be able to do good things for myself. Yeah. Uh, because you never realize who's watching you never realize, you know, uh, how much of a positive effect you are having on people. And yeah. so, Anyways, it made me feel good, and, and I thought it would make you feel good, so yeah. I wanted to share it with you. But That's great. At least for, for one young lady in Tennessee, it's making a world of difference. So. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah and, so that's and a success. We've, yeah. we've already won. We can quit now. We win. We can just quit. We're good. <laughs> yeah, on that topic, you know, people who have stories or questions or whatever, we, we are definitely happy to respond to those things. I, I'm always excited to answer people's questions. Absolutely. And, and like I said, you can, you can email us here uh, at randomosityhealth at gmail.com. Uh, you can email me personally at frank at randomositypodcast.com or Dr. Alicia, what's your email? Do you want them to email you at your practice? or? Um, my email is drjohnson at aspirehealthkc.com. And either one of us, are, we're more than willing to be your accountability buddies. We're more than willing to, you know, uh, answer questions if you have them. And that's that's what we're here for. That's why we do this podcast, because we want to be able to help people uh, through those difficult times or when they don't have answers that they need. Um, that's the whole reason that we started this show. Yeah, so, yeah. Great. And if you email me regarding the podcast, go ahead and put in the subject line podcast question so that we get a high volume of emails so that we know <laughs> if sometimes if if I see an email come in that's not from somebody that I know I might not realize that it's a question from a blog or from a podcast or something yeah. like that so that that helps that's a really good point as well so if you email me too if you're not emailing the randomosity health at gmail.com if you're emailing me at frank at randomosity podcast.com uh, make sure that you put that it's randomosity health related uh, because we do get a lot of emails from you know uh, sponsors and and advertisers and stuff as well so I want to make sure that I, I make you a priority because I feel like this is a priority yeah. uh, for me, especially. So yeah, and I I always encourage people too to ask if they're comfortable to ask questions on Facebook because yeah. I'll answer I'll answer publicly or I'll say I'll write a blog on that and I'll share it within a few days if I can. Yeah. So usually, if you have a question, somebody else does too. And then that way, if they have the same question, you know, they can yeah. already have it answered. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a win win. It's yeah. a win-win, Alicia. Yes, I like win-wins. I do, too. I'm a big fan. I'm an even bigger fan of win-win-wins. Yes, so me, too. you win, I win, everybody wins. I like that. I do, too. Um, so is there anything else that you wanted to talk about, or do we want to get into the 21-day the detox and end the podcast, or, you know, was there anything special that you wanted to bring up today? Nothing special. You know, I, I did have one really weird experience Ooh. that I want to share. It's not exciting weird. I'm I sorry. do love weird though. So it's weird for me. And if you're like a, some kind of healthcare nerd, it, mm -hmm. it will sound weird to you too, but it, it actually really surprised me. So I think I told you um, a few weeks ago, I did, I did a variation of a glucose tolerance test. Mm -hmm. So I had to do a couple of glucose or chose to do a couple of glucose levels. And, um, my response to having that glucose load was almost non-existent. Yeah. So there was almost no, like my body tolerated it so well, it really surprised me in terms of, 
of like a diabetic type of testing. Now, now just to re refresh people, that was the, you had to go in and how much sugar was it that you had to ingest for that test? 25 packets, equivalent of 25 packets of sugar after yeah. not having any sugar for a long e exactly. time. Exactly. Not only did they break your streak uh, for, <laughs> for medical reasons, but uh, they made you have like an abundance of sugar. It was sugar. a lot. And, and fasting. So um, <laughs> I was really surprised because I had the, the response to that test, the, the part that would assess diabetic state which is not why I was doing it mm -hmm. but the part that you would look at for somebody to see if they were diabetic um that was like the most perfect I've ever seen it yeah. was really it was it was pretty amazing and and I'm sure only because of the year without sugar because in my younger years I'm sure I was in insulin resistant mm -hmm. and so that was neat for me and then fast forwarding to a follow-up test that I did um, just like all of my patients, I tell you guys once a year, you have to recheck your hormones and your thyroid and, um, blood count and all that stuff. I try to do that too. Mm -hmm. So I went ahead and just did my basic stuff for the year. And, um, the glucose test is automatically included in that. And so on my way to the appointment I had, or right before the appointment, I had an issue that delayed me leaving for my appointment Okay, a lot. <laughs> and I don't like to be late. And the doctor's a friend of mine. Yeah. So it's not like a random person's name that she doesn't know. Yeah. I would be like the person that messed up her day that she knows. <laughs> and I just, I couldn't handle it. Well, there and goes your Christmas party invite next year. <laughs> I, I just, I get so stressed about things like that because mm -hmm. I don't like to mess up people's days. Yeah. And so we're talking about stress being late for an appointment. So, so nothing bad happened. Nobody was hurt. And I, I was like 30 seconds late. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about a relatively minor stress in the grand scheme of things. So I went in and my blood pressure was a little high. Mm -hmm. So many, many of my patients, I would say half of my patients come in with higher blood pressure because they were rushing mm -hmm. or because their day was stressful. So that's totally common. That's normal. And um, it's not common for me, but it's, it's still normal. And so... Um, I, she did the blood test. She did the glucose test mm -hmm. and my glucose level was 170. Wow. That's almost diabetic. That's almost yeah. diagnosable diabetic. Like, do you need some insulin? No, <laughs> I was stunned. And she called me and she was like, what in the world? And I was like, oh, you know, I'd already eaten. And she was like, even still. It was that two liter of Mountain Dew you yeah. chugged on the way there? Yeah. <laughs> she said, even still, it, it should not be this high. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, why is it that high? And I thought about it and I said, you know, I was really stressed about thinking that I was going to be late to this appointment. And I said, do you think that 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 was just stress hyperglycemia? Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, it might have been because it's always been perfect. And so I said, OK, I'll watch it. But the after I got off the phone, this this really blew my mind because I've never I've never seen anything like that happen to me. And I've actually never had it happen with a patient either. Yeah. And I've never heard of like stress having that big of an effect. I've heard of her little effect, but not that big of an effect on, on glucose specifically. So so it can it can happen. And so we've talked about it a little bit in the past in podcasts, but I've actually never because this is a like a moment in time. Yeah. This isn't like something that happens for the whole day. Mm -hmm. And so I've never caught it on paper, even with a patient before. I've never, to my knowledge, I've never seen that happen to where I, in the moment, I got stressed out 
and the physiologic response was stress hormone mm -hmm. and the the next response from stress hormone is glucose release so your liver does this it makes mm -hmm. your body release some glucose and it gives you that sugar for fight or flight and if you use it then you can run away and if you don't you're going to store it as abdominal fat right so we've mm -hmm. talked about that that was actually my first time that I've ever actually caught it in that moment. And I was like, I was shocked actually, because if you said, what would you estimate stress would cause your glucose to go up to? I'd be like, I don't know, 110. I, it's not yeah. clear. The, the information that's available is not really clear on just how much it makes your glucose spike. And I was absolutely shocked and I thought, oh my gosh, if I was that stressed all the time, and again, not even a big deal. Mm -hmm. If I was that stressed all the time, I would be insulin resistant. Yeah. Like I would be gaining weight. I would be gaining abdominal weight. I would feel fatigue. I would have chronic inflammation. And I thought about all of these people that I've seen in my practice, a small handful of people that are thin and insulin resistant. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, all of them have stressful jobs. And it really blew my mind because I thought about how many patients I work with whose blood sugar is spiking from stress and not from eating cookies. Yeah. You know, it, it really was a very big surprise for me. Well, that kind of that kind of scares me because um, as you pointed out in the past and like when I've done my tests and stuff, you can tell uh, I, I do have a very stressful job and I'm constantly working and, and uh, there's there's not a lot of like rest and relax time in my world. Um, so I feel like that could be a, a huge contributing factor as well to the problems that I've had in the past, uh, as far as weight loss goes, uh, because if you have that glucose release, especially to that level, like that could, that could be detrimental to a, a weight loss program. Well, I know that for me, I, again, it wasn't a, a high, high <laughs> level of stress. I would be willing to guarantee that I hit that level of stress a few times a week. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. And it made me think, oh my gosh, how many people are legitimately gaining weight from their stress? Because I never would have expected that that would happen. Yeah. And so, yeah, it just really made me think of um, some certain situations where I've used adrenal formulas or basically stress modulating formulas mm -hmm. for people who I think that the the weight gain is stress related. But it, it made me think I must be really underestimating how often this is happening to people. Yeah. And that's like you said, that's a, that's a very difficult thing for them to actually prove scientifically by watching because it is a cross section of a moment in, in your life. Yeah. And if they take that blood at just the wrong wrong time or, you know, uh, that that glucose is already passed through the bloodstream, then they're never going to be able to catch that on paper. And so that. Yeah, that's that's. Wow, that's you should do more research on this, Alicia. <laughs> we need to write a book. Well, I told I told her that I would go ahead and I said I'll I'll stick my finger after I eat, mm -hmm. and I'll stick my finger when I'm stressed, and we'll get a little bit more data on it because of course we're nerdy and we yeah. want to we want to <laughs> see what's going on. But um, it it really surprised me, and I thought I wonder how often I should be having my patients stick their finger yeah. when they're stressed because I bet if you saw that you would go, oh my gosh, I need to make changes in my life. Or I need to 
take something that will help modulate that stress response. One of the two. I need to start meditating and doing yoga. Right. Yes. Really. Yeah. And and if your if your life still is that stressful with meditating and yoga, there are herbs like ashwagandha or Indian ginseng that can help keep your body from overdoing that cortisol response. That you, stress you know, response. you're not the first person who's told me to use herbs to reduce stress. There was this guy <laughs> in college. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think I think that's definitely something that you should be aware of then, because um, yeah, I mean while it, while it was weird, um, weird is kind of my milieu, so uh, <laughs> it actually like arises uh, a lot more questions for me. It makes me it makes me want to know now, Alicia, and I'm going to be doing research the rest of the day on this. Yeah, I mean usually if you if you research the word stress hyperglycemia, mm -hmm. then it's often associated or it's in the literature about um, severe illness, like when you're in the hospital because you're very sick or you've been injured or something like that, the, the level of stress that you're under physically, not emotionally, but physically, yeah. will cause the blood sugar to go up. And so much of the research out there is on stress hyperglycemia when it comes to physical stress. Gotcha. But the emotional stress hyperglycemia is not, is not well documented. And maybe you can find, it, it's well documented that emotions cause the blood sugar to go up, but it's not well documented how much or how long or what, you know, how stressed you have to be. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested if you find anything. But um, the, that was a really big eye opener for me because I think that's what got me started thinking on, you know, I've been learning about the endocrine system for a long time and I'm not surprised very often anymore. And that really, really surprised me. Yeah, that I whew. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what to say. Like, I'm I'm speechless on that because now I, that's all I can think about is I want to research it more. Well, it it was we talk about this as providers. We talk about this with people, but mm -hmm. then you have moments where it hits you when you think about how important something is. We say stress matters. Stress mm -hmm. matters more than you think it matters. We talk about it, you know, but sometimes we don't even hear it ourselves. And to think, you know, somebody for somebody to say, oh, I'm. I'm really stressed right now or I'm not really stressed right now. Sometimes it's not even what's going on in your life. Sometimes it's literally just your response to just normal day-to-day -day things. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So try, try to reduce your stress as much as possible, which we've, we've said since day one. Um, but yeah, definitely be aware of the effects that it can have on your body because yeah. if, if it can do this for someone, because Dr. Alicia, for those of you who don't know, is, is, in in great shape like uh she looks amazing and that's that's not just me being nice she actually is in really good shape um but that's that's the thing is you'd never think about it like if, if i saw a person like you on the street i would never think something like that was possible you know and so that's yeah that's a wide wide eye opener um so for those of you at home make sure that you regulate your stress level and 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 try to at least keep it under find a way that you can de-stress like i think that's a very important thing for everybody to do yes. uh on a daily basis uh, because you can you can store stress and you can add on top of stress and and become a big old ball of stress and then before you know it you know you're hyperglycemic so yeah bam look bam. at us busting through scientific barriers. <laughs>
So, so you're going to go ahead and read the 21 Day Sugar Detox. Yes, with all the free time I have, I'm going to get with right all on the that. free time. <laughs> so, if even if you didn't read anything, mm-hmm. you understand the point, right? I do. That I you're do. cutting out the simple carbs completely. Yeah. That means crackers. That means flour. That means bread. That means pasta. That means white rice. That means all of it. And the only carbohydrates that are allowed in that program are the very low sugar fruits mm-hmm. once a day. Gotcha. And then some sweet potato, or in your case, I'm saying beans, according to the program, I think it's once once a day. And mm-hmm. so so everything else is going to be meat, vegetables, fats. And you're not on a high meat diet, so it's not going to be really heavy on the meats. That's true, although sometimes I wish I was. Yeah. Just because <laughs> I love meat. Yeah. So I, I have a friend who actually, um, he randomly decided to just stop eating meat mm-hmm. for like, uh, what is it, like 21 days or something. It's it's one of those things like him and his wife both decided to give something up. Yeah. Um, and so he, he's doing that just out of the blue. And for no reason other than he just wants to see if he can do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it blew my mind because like meat is something that I... You know, I don't necessarily think of ever being a vegetarian. And whenever I think of vegetarian, I don't think of healthy people. Right. And so it was one of those things where it kind of, but he's he's doing the bean and rice thing for his, you know, his protein and, and what he can do. And it's just, uh, yeah, it was it was really weird to me. But there are people who do that. And so, it, yeah. Have you ever heard of that? People just doing that on a whim? Like, I'm just not going to eat, you know, this important part of my meal. You well, know? you know, I do see every variation of every food and every other kind of belief system out there really and so yeah i i have people ask me about vegetarian diets and vegan diets sometimes because there are popular people in the media that talk about using vegetarian and vegan diets for weight loss yeah now for me typically i will talk to those people and say okay the biggest thing is that we don't get dogmatic about it which means Mm -hmm. if you need some fish if you need some eggs we put it in there and if you need some chicken you're going to eat the chicken so I will work with people on that if they promise not to get too dogmatic about it. If somebody is already vegetarian or vegan, then I, unless I have to, I won't tell them to stop. Mm-hmm. I might say, I think this problem would go away if you were eating this food. But if it's a personal or spiritual belief that's not my business, yeah. then I won't interfere with it. But I do think that... Even though there are people out there that are healthier with a smaller amount of animal protein and a a nearly vegetarian diet, I think we're all meant to have some eggs, some fish, some white meat, you know, Mm -hmm. something in there, or or you're going to start to often see nutritional consequences. Well, in human beings, we are built to be omnivores, you know, um, where we have both meat and vegetable. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, when I hear the the things like that, just for fun, just on a whim, like, I'm just like, what are you doing to your health? You know, like, what is what negative effect could this possibly have on you? In the short term, nothing. But in the long term, (laughs) the more restrictive diets can go with vitamin deficiencies and fatigue and I think the biggest thing I see with prolonged vegan or vegetarian diets more vegan than vegetarian mm-hmm. I'll see hair loss weight gain fatigue mood mood changes immune system deficiencies anemia that kind of stuff yeah. and I mean those are big things especially the hair loss people don't like that yeah so you hear that Matthew if you're listening out there like 
make sure that you start eating meat again eventually or you're going to lose your hair. <laughs> but All of but, your beautiful ginger hair is going to be gone. <laughs> there are there are circumstances where someone can do just fine on those diets yeah. and there are circumstances where you can do like vegetarian every other day. The Dalai Lama is vegetarian every other day. A lot of people are surprised by that. Yeah. The Dalai Lama eats meat every other day because his health isn't isn't good enough if he goes vegetarian every day. Absolutely. Well, and then there's those of us who are born in Texas who we have to have meat or we will die. <laughs> yeah, or like you won't, you won't exactly. be allowed back in Texas. Exactly. And I'm okay. I'm okay with uh, being an A blood type and having to eat you know, seafood and, and white meats. I'm fine with that. Yeah. At least I'm getting some meat. But if I had to get rid of all of it, I, I don't know how long I would last, Alicia. Yeah, I mean, I won't make you do it. So. I would implode. There you would, would be implode. a time-space continuum just <laughs> gone. Some people do, a lot of people do it because there are a lot of um, documentaries like Forks Over Knives mm-hmm. that you watch it and you never want to eat meat again. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of things that will inspire you just emotionally to not want to eat it. And if that's the situation, then I suggest you think about decreasing your volume and looking into human more humane sources of meat if yeah. that's the issue well and i had said uh previously uh about vegetarianism in general is if i honestly thought that stopping eating meat would prevent animals from being raised and slaughtered for meat uh i would i would do it in a heartbeat if i actually thought it'd make a difference but the fact of the matter is unless everybody did that it's not going to have any effect whatsoever yeah and those animals are still going to be raised and slaughtered and and you know sold as meat so there's there's really no point as far as that goes to do it. Now, obviously, you want to support more humane ways, you know, natural, naturally raised animals and stuff like that if you can. Um, but that's not always cost effective for a lot of people because yeah. it costs a lot more to do that and process that because they're competing with these major conglomerates of, of you know, cattle producers or poultry producers. And it makes it very difficult as far as a budget goes. Yeah. So it's, I mean, do what you can do, obviously, um, that makes you feel good, but make sure that you're getting what your body needs yeah I think is the most important part I think that that on that topic you can you can if you want to you can find cost-effective higher quality meats Mm -hmm. so so in Kansas City I go to the Kansas City River Market and there's a farmer there it's called Golden Rule Farms Mm -hmm. and he charges barely more than the grocery store charges for regular meat so, I mean, the price, the difference is pretty minimal. It's yeah. not that much more expensive. And so um, we'll go down there and buy a larger volume to keep in the freezer so that we don't have to pay the like double or triple that you pay at the big name health food stores for yeah. the higher quality stuff. And for me, because I, I agree with you, you know, we're not going to stop the factory farming thing. It's it's hard for me to support it because I I think it's really awful and I think it affects a lot of things in really negative ways. And if you're interested in that, you can watch the Forks Over Knives. Well, but I agree with you. And well, one of the things a lot of people don't know about me is when I was in high school, I actually used to work at a pig farm. Oh, uh, wow. There was a big pig farm. Like oh, yeah. Was, uh, PSF was the name of it. Uh, Premium Standard Farms. But they were they're a huge pork conglomerate. So you know what that um, looks like. It's it's horrifying. It is. Like I actually had to quit because emotionally I couldn't take it. Yeah. No, like I seeing how those animals were treated. Yeah. And so uh, and I'm a big animal person. I always have been. And that that opened my eyes more than I think even growing up on a farm did, you know, because yeah. growing up on a farm. Yeah, we had animals, but you never really saw that part or or and nobody ever really mistreated them. They were kind of pets until one day they became food, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that just opened my eyes and blew my mind. And like to the point that's that's that was the the first time I ever quit a job because of emotional distress. I yeah. was just like, I, I can't watch this anymore. 
It's pretty terrible. And um, I actually worked at a feedlot, um, yeah. a cattle feedlot when I was in college. And so one of the reasons I worked there was because they were doing some nutritional programs with the cattle. So um, I got to get some some interesting experience doing that. But one of the things that that they did with me because I was working with farmers yeah. and one of the things that they they did with me was have me go out into the um, feedlot and clean the water mm -hmm. and do the things that were involved in improving the quality of life with the animals because it was it was like something that I felt like I could do and everybody just thought that I was like this awful weird hippie because I <laughs> I cared about the animals you know I yeah. wanted them to be more comfortable and go out, go around and turn the sprinklers on to cool them off mm -hmm. and um you know it was it was a little thing that I could do but seeing that and that place wasn't even that bad. Mm -hmm. Seeing that was the beginning of an eye opener. And then some of the subsequent books that, that came out after that, it made me realize that, you know, if I can drive a little bit farther and pay a dollar more for a pound of meat, it's worth it for me. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, it's, it's one of those things that you have to find your level of comfort and what, what you have to prioritize. You have yeah. to decide what's more important to you, saving that extra dollar or, you know, making sure that you're promoting the right kind of, you know, livestock raising and, and, and butchering. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's woo. We, we, I feel like we got off on a dark topic. Here. We, we uh, did. Should we end on something happier? <laughs> Let's end on something happy. Uh, you got something happy for us to end on? Anything good? Um... I want to smile, Alicia. At okay. the end of the podcast, I want to walk out of the studio smiling. Okay. I'm going to think of something. No, I got nothing. Just watching you think makes me smile. So I think <laughs> that might be enough. But uh, for our listeners at home, um, make sure that you are doing what's right for you. Make sure that you, uh, if you need an accountability partner, don't hesitate to get a hold of us. Once again, uh, you can email us at randomosityhealth at gmail.com. Um, and just let us know if you have questions, if there's anything we can do for you. If you want to hear horror stories about growing up working <laughs> in, a, in a slaughterhouse, you know, things like that. Um, but I mean, seriously, it, it really comes down to your personal devotion your your priorities and like i've said in the past there's there's so many people out there that say i don't have time for a better a healthier lifestyle or or i don't have time to you know prepare a proper diet and it's like you you have time to do whatever you need to do you just have to make it a priority yes uh, so stop hitting that snooze button on life on your diet on your health on your exercise and and get up out of bed be happy every morning you know if you start the morning with a smile on your face the rest of your day is going to be amazing uh you can have the the worst day in the history of the world but if you have the right mental attitude, it's going to be amazing. So with that, I think we're going to get off our soapbox for the day. And um, for uh, Dr. Alicia Johnson, ND, which did you like your uh, your intro music? Yeah, it was yeah? great. Good. I really liked it. Ooh, I was I was hoping I was, you know, I was like, well, maybe I should go back and make it a little bit more ER or, you know. No, I like it. All right. Sweet. I want to use it like I want it to be the ring around my phone. I can I, do that. I can okay. send it to an MP3 format. Okay. It'll yeah. work. All right. So for uh, Dr. Alicia Johnson, I'm Frank Beefcake Monroe reminding you to uh, Go do something healthy for yourself.
Hey gang, it's your old buddy Beefcake from the Randomosity Health Podcast right here on the Randomosity Podcast Network. We'll be right back to the show in just a moment, but first, I wanted to let you know about an awesome interactive opportunity for you to get your personal health and fitness questions answered by our expert guests on Randomosity Health. Now, there are two simple ways to contact us with your questions. Method one, just email us at randomosityhealth at gmail.com. Or method two, go to www.randomositypodcast.com and click on the Contact Us tab. And then you can use any of the methods listed there to submit your question. Just be sure to send your question to the attention of Randomosity Health. And whether on air or in person, our expert guests will be happy to answer your health and fitness questions. Now, these can be questions ranging from the latest diet fad to how to work out properly. It can literally be anything. Uh, It doesn't matter what your question is. We'll eventually have an expert on the show at one time or another that will be able to answer any single kind of question you may have. So go ahead, get those questions in, and uh, for now, we're we're going to get back to the show right here on the randomosity podcast network we really hope that you are enjoying randomosity health 